I feel like your questions are really serious, but like maybe you'd want to ask one of mine, like, are you on Tinder? Would you date someone of the <laughs> opposite religion? You know, do thongs those, bother those, you? You know what? Those out of the things I get the most views on, sex and no. hate are the two biggest things. Yeah. So you know what? I'm asking a Tinder question. That's brilliant. I love yes. it. Yes. You just did it. I took it. I did it. Bumble. Ask about Bumble. Bumble is where the woman gets Bumble, to choose the man. Bumble. What about Grinder? Gay? Th- these are things that people need to know. You're the one that's going to expose the truth and poke holes and literally, literally might be poking holes. This is the Mideast Beast Podcast. I am your host, Molly Livingstone. And with us today is Corey Gill Schuster, the creator of Ask an Israeli, Ask a Palestinian Project. He is the director of the International Program in Conflict Resolution and Mediation. Explain that to me. At Tel Aviv University. Corey, how are you? That's a lot of titles for one person. Anything you want to add to that, by the way? Just so we know. No, not at all. It's, it's even too much as it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, everything's good. It's hot. I mean, it's hot. I'm grumpy. So if I say grumpy things, <laughs> forgive me. By October, all will be good. It's interesting that you're grumpy and hot because I feel like you go out and you film these questions that basically your community, your the people that are engaged, they have these questions that they want to ask you because they watch your videos, asking an Israeli, asking a Palestinian, then they come up with their own questions. You go out, you go all over Israel, you go all over territories or Palestine or whatever you want to call it. You must be so schwitzy, sweaty, gross, hot. Yes. 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 I try to do it as um, concentrated as possible. Or when I'm on my way to do something. So if I have, let's say, a doctor's appointment and it's in like Batyam or something, I take my camera with me. And as I go along on the bus or something, I uh, ask people. But uh, yeah, uh, when I do it really concentrated, I get home at the end of the day exhausted. So it's so interesting that you say that because you've been doing this for a while, about six years now, over six years now. And I think that what you're doing is pre what people would do about just getting a camera in your face. I mean, you were sort of the start of it. And you are doing it with Israelis and Palestinians. Now, you yourself are a sort of a unidentifiable white man. Is that is that how you would sort of describe yourself? <laughs> sure. It's true. I actually do blend into everywhere somehow. I have that privilege, I suppose you could call it. Uh, Palestinians often think I'm Palestinian. Israelis think I'm Israeli. It's great. Uh, I, I just go with it. What's the truth, by the way? Like, who are you that they don't know that that's who you are? Oh, this is the big secret. There's no secret. I'm Canadian. I've lived in Israel for many years. That's about it. There's, I don't think there's, I'm Jewish. Not a believer, but I'm, I'm still a Jew. That's, that's about it. And when I, you- I, try to, I try to approach both groups and pretend that I don't know who they are and what they're going to talk about. I try yeah, to approach it from that's the, Trump's the strategy. viewpoint of the asker. That's the same thing. Well, that seems to work. I mean, look, you got the uh, president of the United States doing the same strategy, working with North Korea. <laughs> Maybe playing it dumb and being naive actually gets you a lot further when it comes to things like negotiating peace or even having just a conversation. Would you say that? Well, I think people, I'm not sure if this is where you're going with it, but I think most people speak in slogans and in these sort of sismos, like sloganism, right? So they think that the person 
they're speaking to understands exactly what they mean, but most of the time they, they don't. I mean, take uh, the word peace. Uh, it means something different to me than it means to somebody who's the average Israeli or the average Palestinian, and each has its own idea and thinks they're speaking on the same level, have a, a mutual understanding, and often they don't. So that's why it's important not just to ask a question, it's also important to ask follow-up questions, because I, I've often been wrong. I assume we're talking about something specific, and I realize that I'm not getting the nuance, and neither is the viewer, so... Yeah, now you sound like a woman at a bar. Okay, so let me ask you a question. <laughs> you start this project, whereas most people avoid politics, avoid talking to the other. What made you want to start the project, Ask an Israeli, Ask a Palestinian? Um, well, first of all, I love conflict. I really do. I think it's so <laughs> interesting. I was saying to someone the other day who's a bit of a, of a, a can I say shit disturber? Is that okay? You did. Yeah, you said it. Okay. <laughs> and I said, oh, you got to, you know, you got to get everyone going in this group, right? And everyone's like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. And I'm like, no, the opposite. I love watching those dynamics of somebody from, you know, one side poking the beast of the other, you know, and getting them. Because I, I just think it's it's a fun thing to do to observe and watch what the dynamics are. So you are literally just trying to take the piss out of everyone and just like having fun and watching as a viewer. Well, that's no, that's the secondary gain that I get from all this. That's for myself. Okay. But really, I mean, it really started off as, you know, I just like any of us here, I was a new person in this country and you have to learn the language and the culture and, and everything else. And the same thing when I go to the Palestinian side, I have to learn about them. So I always would think, oh, I wish, you know, all those people who make those claims online or, you know, in or through media or just in conversations in Canada, I wish they were here with me and they could see this because this is much more interesting than what they talk about because this is something that's real. And then it becomes, you know, why not just pick up your camera and record exactly what's going on around you? And I don't understand why more people don't do that. And so you literally do that. You go into different areas and you take the same question and you apply it to everyone, right? You're asking everyone that one question. Sort of. So I take a question. Sometimes it's meant just for Israelis, sometimes just for Palestinians, sometimes for both sides. Uh, because there's some questions which just don't fit or for whatever reasons, um, there, there's no point in asking the other side. And I ask eight to 10 people of each side or whoever I'm going for. I try to get a spectrum of ages and locations and uh, educational levels and you know all the different strata in, in society. It doesn't always work because sometimes I don't really keep very good track because I usually do a video Because you're hot over, and sweaty. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. And I forget. So there have been videos where I had eight men answering a question and then I go, oh crap, that's not good. <laughs> you know, but it happens. Men. Mostly with the more important questions, the more general questions that people ask. I, I make more of an effort, but every so often I'm, you know, it's just me doing it. There's no team behind me. Nobody's telling me where to go. I just try to, you know, wander around and ask. I really attempt to make it as you know, giving a snapshot of what the, the societies think. Well, you say you don't have a team, but you do have a translator with you, right? When you go into the more Palestinian areas. Yes, yes, yes. It's only in the West Bank. Israeli Arabs speak Hebrew well enough. Although I've had friends who've translated for me once in a while in uh, Israeli Arab towns, and my Hebrew is good enough that I can uh, get by. But yes, with Palestinians, a lot of them, they're not very comfortable in English. So, it, you know, if I wanted to do this well, I think I did the first two videos using or, either friends or myself, um, but then it became apparent that I, I have to have a translator. And when you go into these areas, first of all, give me some of your 
favorite questions, questions that stick out to you, questions that people can go, what the hell questions is he asking? They're usually the more offensive ones. I don't know if they're what my surprise. favorites. The things that are coming to mind are the things which are, are more offensive and harder to ask, but are also more interesting what people are going to say. Like, this was the hardest question for me to ask, was asking Israeli Jews, why do you treat the Palestinians the way the Nazis treated the Jews? Ooh. And I asked people who were Holocaust survivors or, or people related to Holocaust survivors. It was hor- It was awful. I it had pain in my stomach asking, but I thought, you know, that's a common idea that's out there, not here in Israel, but outside of, you know, and mostly in the Muslim world and in those who support Palestinians. It's a very common idea that has to be talked about. So I pushed past it and I was really interested to hear what people would say. So it's those kind of questions that I most like. The other ones are asking Palestinians, uh, mostly Palestinians, issues that I had no clue how they were going to answer. So, for example, I asked them when they talk about that Jerusalem is the capital of Palestine, are they talking about all of Jerusalem or just East Jerusalem? And all of them said all of Jerusalem. Yeah, of course. You didn't think that? Maybe it's because I live here. Yeah. I expected there to be a range, but none of them said just East Jerusalem. Of course. Like, why have a piece of the cake if you can put your whole face in it? Yeah, that's obvious. I think you're too Tel Avivian. You live in Tel Aviv, and you've got different beaches, and you can all share. In Jerusalem, we're all going after the same thing. We want it all, and we want it now. You also asked about smoking pot, if they smoke Mm -hmm. pot on both sides. You've asked about if Palestinians would take Israeli citizenship, which I think is a really interesting question. When you go into these areas, being this sort of generally tall white man, but then again, somehow you blend in, even though that's bizarre to me. Well, it's because I'm a short, fat, bald man. So I blend (laughs) in with Jews and Arabs (laughs) like, yes. Yeah, I was trying to make you like a dating profile and then you just went with the truth. Well, you can. I I am single. Yeah, there he is. Not for women. Yeah. And there's more. So you go in. Okay, so now you're this like kind of sweaty beast, if you will, uh, gay (laughs) man walking around Ramallah. Let's be real. It's true. Okay. And you approach people. And have you ever felt, you know, we see in the news, it's so scary. And, you know, they probably have like a Molotov cocktail in their back pocket just waiting to throw it at you. Have you ever felt threatened? Or is this part of this like media bias that we see all the time? So the answer is yes, I always, <laughs> but nobody's ever, well, I shouldn't say, nobody has a Molotov cocktail in their backpack. I mean, mm-hmm. that's as far as I know. So um, disappointed. I, I, I don't think I'm uh, immediately at risk, but I'm a Jew. I am paranoid by nature. This <laughs> is who we are. So every time I cross over into the West Bank, whether it's to Jewish areas or uh, Palestinian areas, and as soon as I go into the Palestinian areas, even more so, I am paranoid and think somebody's going to come up and stab me. Also because, and irrationally, I'm known, people know what I look like. Every so often, someone will walk up to me and say, aren't you the guy from the videos? Um, Most Palestinians so far who walk up to me will say that they like the videos. So I'm very happy because I'm... Uh, but there are Palestinians, and some of them are even I'm sort of friends with, who think I'm doing something against them, who think that, and I, I, I think it's because I'm asking questions in a, in a society that doesn't like to be asked questions. I'm showing dirty laundry of, well, both sides, really, sometimes on purpose, sometimes it just comes out. I could see the situation where a Palestinian young person will interpret what I'm doing as against Palestinians and try to hurt me. It hasn't happened. I've been threatened, though, through email 
a couple of people who were Palestinian Arabs and Muslims from other places, but Palestinians are the ones who concern me. Within the West Bank, at the very early on, there was I had this one obnoxious conversation. I think we even talked about it once, where I was mouthing off to this Palestinian kid who was like 16 or 17, and he said something. Uh, if there was an Israeli around, I'd kill him or I'd, I'd stab him, something like mm. that. Not me. I'm a Canadian. I am a no, I just kept short going. Canadian. I just kept like, yeah. you know, like an idiot. I just wanted to see where the conversation was going to go. Was there any crack in the ideas of what they were portraying Israelis to be and who they were, what they were portraying Palestinians to be? So I was using all kinds of right wing ideas, which, you know, I actually find kind of silly myself, but it doesn't matter. I just thought I'd try see how they'd react. And they're kids and they're, you know, little middle class asses who were just mouthing off and making all sorts of claims. And yeah, it could have gotten violent. It hasn't happened. I don't know if it will. I really hope it doesn't, but it could. It could happen. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Whereas on the Israeli side, in all fairness, I yell at people all the time. People call me a leftist asshole. <laughs> I, they call me, I, like, it's not so much on camera, although I want it to be on camera. It's just I always seem to miss it, where people are calling me names, and I will yell back and open a mouth like you wouldn't believe. But I know nothing's going to happen. Oh, that's You know, so everyone says, oh, you should be careful. I mean, like, nothing's going to happen. No one's going to do anything to me. On their side, I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's so, so that's interesting. When people are answering your questions, which the questions are meant to, as you say, like kind of get under your skin a little bit. These are questions still being asked by your audience, not necessarily questions you came up with. Do you find who is more hostile? Because Israelis and Palestinians and like the whole Middle East is like hostile in general. Yes. We're just yes. always fire uh, under actually, our Actually, who's more hostile in general are Israeli right-wingers. Jerusalem is a nightmare to film in. How dare um, you. In the sense that all you have to do is ask a question, which is in any way yeah. political or hints at right. questioning what's going on. And people will just say, you leftist traitor. They'll yeah. just go off Well, on I asked to make a right turn somewhere, and they went off on me calling me a leftist traitor. So there you go. <laughs> Even when you're asking direction. <laughs> so, and whereas Palestinians are more, um, they're more polite in a lot of ways. The idea of not overreacting. I mean, I, I don't just mean on camera. I'm saying in general. They're, no, I agree they with you. The understanding of the question. I um, think. And then sometimes after, they might feel a little bit threatened, but. Yeah, I've said this before. You know, we have the Get Taxi app because we don't have Uber. We don't have Lyft. We don't have anything because there's like a monopoly, socialist, stupid country, whatever. And I prefer driving with older Arab men. I feel they treat their taxi like their home and very inviting. And if you do that same thing, there's no, really, there's no women taxi drivers. I've never been in a taxi with yeah if I sit with an older Israeli man I don't know if he treats it like his home but he he treats it like you know a dump I mean it's just like I don't feel as comfortable I've gotten out of many cabs because I simply don't feel comfortable the way they're driving both of them will probably drive like maniacs but there's something to it whereas like at least if I you know get in a car accident in your in your car Mr. Arab you're very kind about it whereas the Israeli might turn around and go you leftist traitor and you know scream at me no I don't know I want to sort of wrap things up here and I want to ask you a question if you go broader besides asking an Israeli asking have you ever thought about that of asking a Syrian or going to Lebanon or, you know, going outside of that. Do you think it's important? Because I feel like 
Well, I feel like nobody cares about what goes on in Syria right now. And I wonder if you've had any questions about that, by the way, where asking Arabs and Palestinians, do you care? Do you know what's going on? You know, do you want to bring in um, refugees? So I'm just curious from your point of view, here you are, you're the man with the camera that's ready to irritate and, you know, poke holes and make a revolution. What do you think? I would love to go to these places and ask people questions I'm afraid I'd be arrested in those places because even with, you know, in Israel, there would be no issue, meaning what's the worst I'm going to do? The army, someone in the army is going to say, why are you doing this? They've done that. Who cares? They they just, they don't, nobody takes you into detention for asking questions or filming, although there is some bill on whatever, but that's a whole other thing. Even in Palestinian society, nobody's ever stopped me and said, why are you doing this ever? The only time is sometimes in a private place in a mall, they'll say you need the mall's permission or you need the, you know, something like that, but or the university's permission, but that's it. If not, I just go to the um, parking lot and they don't care. They they have no issue with it. Um, In places like Lebanon and Syria, I've been told, because I've never been there, that it could be a more serious thing and I could be arrested, at least according to people who've contacted me through the internet, asking if they could do the same thing. And I would love for them to do the same thing. In fact, somebody from Iraq did something like this, one or two videos, but he, he kind of gave up. Because of this? Because Well, of I think the... he, he just wasn't that invested as part of it. And also he could get in trouble. It's, it's a society where maybe, you know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not, but people constantly tell each other, you don't rock the boat. You don't, you don't ask questions. Um, you can get in trouble. Everyone's constantly warning each other. I'm an outsider here, so it doesn't matter to me. I don't really care what people think. So... And nothing can happen to me here. I'm, I'm covered. I would love to go to these places, though. I'd be afraid I'd be arrested. Hmm. But I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's if that's reality or not. So, um, And yes, about Syria, I, I asked those questions a while ago, actually, at the beginning of the Syrian conflict, both Israelis and Palestinians in different ways. So as, Israelis asked if they would take in um, refugees. And some said yes, some said no. Some It was all very moderate in the sense of we care, we, you know, we... We feel sorry for them, but, you know, really not in our backyard. Like, and both sides said that. So when I asked Palestinians about would they take in Palestinian refugees from Syria, they said so. actually that was one of the things that shocked me is that a few of them said they wouldn't take them in at all because it means giving up the right of return. And it's better to die than to give up your right of return. So that, that attitude shocked me. But other than that, most people were quite, you know, moderate, but a little bit, I mean, they weren't really going to do anything. So yeah. it's fine to say, oh, yes, I feel sorry for them. They can come here. But none of them would really do anything. And if, you know, if any government were speaking that way, they would probably be against it. That, would, that was my sense anyways. But I watch the videos. Like, maybe you'll get a different sense from them. I feel like your questions are really serious. But, like, maybe you'd want to ask one of mine. Like, are you on Tinder? Would you date someone of ah. the opposite religion? You know, do thongs would, bother you? You know what? Those out of the things I get the most views on, Sex and hate are the two biggest things. So you know what? I'm asking a Tinder question. That's brilliant. I love it. Yes. You just did it. I took it. I did it. Bumble. Ask about Bumble. Bumble is where the woman gets to choose the man. What about Grindr? Gay? These are things that people need to know. You're the one that's going to expose the truth and poke holes and literally, literally might be I will find a question that matches. So what I do, this is how I do it, actually. People ask a very, very specific question. Do you use Grindr? So I can't walk up to Palestinians and ask that. First of all, they go, shoe Grindr. Like, they're not going to know what Grindr is. (laughs) And if they do, they're not going to admit it. They're going to try to sell you a kitchen appliance is what you're saying. For double the exactly. price. Yeah. 
But uh, what I can ask is, you know, are there people who use apps? It was kind of like asking the drug question. People aren't going to admit that they smoke up, even though yes, most of them do. my friend uses this app. But, yes. you know, how common is it? My so friend had a threesome on this app. Yeah. I get it. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, because we're going to wrap it up now. Um, how yeah. can people, if they have questions, how can they get in touch with you? On YouTube, go watch the videos. And at the end, there's an email address. Just send me a message through the one of the Gmail addresses. There's Ask Israelis, Ask Palestinians. I go through them every two or three months and, and pick a few questions. That's awesome. And also, if you want to date Corey, I guess you can also use that email or Grindr, Tinder and all of the above. I'm not on Grindr, am I? No, no, no. no that's not Tinder. a good answer. But, Shame uh, on you. No. Well, this is why you're single. We just figured it out. Sure. Corey. I'm, yes, I have to put myself out there. Because you have true. a camera, you walk around sweating, and they don't know if you're Arab or Israeli. This is why you're single. I've beat you down. This is where we end the podcast. I'll let my, I'll let my mother know. Thanks. Oh, no, not a Jewish mother. All right, well, this is... I'm very concerned that I'm single. This is what I get every time I, I call. Listen, we you don't have time anyone. for therapy. What's going on? Oh, he's doing it. I'm trying to wrap up and you're about to open a can of whoop-ass of therapy. Listen, we're yes. going to have this conversation off the radio, although people may be interested because, as you said, sex sells. But I will right. say that people can subscribe to the Mideast Beast podcast. You can find us on any of the ways that you listen to podcasts or also obviously online and Facebook and on Twitter at Mideast Beasties. And you can keep on listening to all the other episodes. You can find Corey, as he said. You can date Corey if you choose to. And mom, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to help him. I'm going to do the best I can. This Aww. is, aw, it's sort of a lie. This has been another episode of the Mid East Beast Podcast.